The following is a sponsored program on 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM. The views, information, or opinions expressed during this program are solely those of the individuals or participants involved and do not necessarily represent those of Braden Madison Broadcasting or its employees. 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday morning at 10 AM. Sumner County Spotlight is brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. FNM Bank offers personal banking, business banking, and mortgage loans too. FNM Bank is one of the top independent banks in Tennessee. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, MMLS number 518158. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlight. Jeff Shannon. Well, good morning. This is Sumner County Spotlight, and this is Jeff Shannon. Uh, This morning on the Spotlight, we're going to be spotlighting an authentic brand creator, if you know what that is. Well, how do you introduce yourself? That's the question. Well, the problem is you, you need a brand that's all about you right? The, the problem number two is you need a way to share that brand that's effective and almost effortless because your time and money are valuable. Well, the solution, we're going to have that for you this morning. You get to know the ABCs of marketing with the authentic brand creator, Erin Forte Froling. She is the wonder woman of marketing and welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much. Good. Well, it's good to have you here. I guess what we need to do is is kind of start off and let's let everybody know who you are, your background and how you got here. Ooh, how much time do we have? Okay. <laughs> I uh, We have been in Nashville, my husband and my family and I, we've been in Nashville for 11 years now. Um, before that, it's hard to believe, but I was a Long Islander who happened Long to be... Long Island. Yeah. I thought yeah. a G in there. <laughs> Everyone still makes fun of me. I always say LaGuardia. Uh, <laughs> sometimes the accent comes out just a oh, little bit. Yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah. My dad wanted to be a country doctor. He wanted to be a pediatrician to a place that had never had a pediatrician before. So it moved us from Long Island to this little quaint little town in Marshall County, Kentucky. Grew up on wow. the lake. But through all of that, what I realized is the transitions we have in our life happen for a reason. And because of our move to Kentucky, I had an outstanding middle school English teacher. Her name was Phyllis Wood. I love her. I love her. I love her. She is still in Marshall County. But she saw something in me and my talents and in my creativity. And she decided, hey, that's something I want to flourish. That's something I want her to to expand upon. And because of her, she encouraged me to run for student council in middle school and I became our school reporter. And she was like, okay, now do you know what that means? And I'm like, no, I get to be in the yearbook. She's like, no, you get to write a weekly article for the school that will be submitted to the newspaper. And I just had at it. It was one of those things you don't even think about. And you're like, okay, let's do this. And I started interviewing students and I was sharing calendar events and everything that was happening in our school. And because of that, I found who I was. I found my love for what I was supposed to be doing for my life because of that. And I found that when I was just me, the articles were so much better. How many times do we strive to be somebody else in our life? You know, Miss Wood could have said to me, hey, Erin, you are amazing, but you would be even better if you were like fill in the blank, anybody who I went to school with. Mm -hmm. But she saw me for me. And through that, I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is what I want to do. Now, I did get sidetracked. We all get sidetracked in life. There was a time I thought I wanted to be in politics. There was a time I thought I wanted to be a doctor, following my family's footsteps. 
But with every step I took in the in that direction, I found that it wasn't working for me. Um, being in school and being like, yes, I'm going to be a poli sci major my freshman year. To maybe not. <laughs> um, but everything I came back brought me back to writing. And I was a senior in college. It took me a little bit to get there. I love my two older children, but when I uh, had them, I kind of took a break and decided, hey, I need to go back. I need to finish this for me and went back to school. And I was very pregnant with my second child. And my PR professor was like, Aaron, please don't have that baby in the middle of our finals. Oh, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, sure, Dr. Robin, I promise I won't do that. I'll work on that. Fingers crossed. Fingers (laughs) crossed. I was very pregnant during finals. But again, I had professors who were pouring into me who saw the love for uh, love that I had for writing and being creative. And they just kept pushing me to to follow what my call was for, for my life. And I went to one of my professors and he ran a local magazine in Murray, Kentucky. And I just went to him and kind of was like, okay, you know, Mr. Valentine, good old Bob, when are you going to give me a job? <laughs> I was very bold. And he was like, when you have a resume. And I was like, you know, a really good professor told me I should start carrying resumes with me just in case. It had been him. And so I handed him my resume. He's like, well, come by the office tomorrow. And I started to write for the magazine. And through that, I started to write for a, a book series called Wake Up, Live the Life You Love. It was what a was it called? Wake Up, Live the Life You Love. Okay. It's mm-hmm. an it's very similar to Chicken Soup for the Soul, but it's for the everyday person. Mm-hmm. What we found is most people have a short story to tell. They get very nervous about writing 200 pages, but they can write five or six. And so I became a ghostwriter for them. I would interview people. I was editing. And through that, we put all of these people together who had written, we had written about seven books at that time, put them together in San Diego. And I met my husband at that time. He was a speaker for the conference and um, started to think, okay, what more can I do than just writing? I love writing, but what more can I do for that? And I realized through things that I had learned and through advertising and English classes, I had a knack for pulling out the real person through ghostwriting. And I got to talk to some pretty cool people. Um, I got to talk to Lou Ferrigno, which was very cool. And even though like he's he's deaf, he has like, I guess, a special phone yes. and hearing aids and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, the selling feature was that I was from Kentucky and so was his wife. So that was a way in the door. There you <laughs> go. You gotta have that. I, I don't get overly excited. <laughs> (laughs) about celebrities but you know I felt like that was kind of cool what else could I do and it was about pulling out the real person we go into a networking event and people give this flat elevator speech my name is this I am a banker I'm a financial planner and then there's really nothing else there Mm -hmm. nothing that hooks you that's like yes I need to talk to that person I believe they're the solution to my problem like okay I can do that I'm a writer I'm creative I have a knack for pulling things out and I realized I was helping people create a brand for themselves you know brand is not just your logo people think oh I have a logo I have a brand no your brand is who you are 110 percent of the time it's how you smile at people it's how you walk in the door it's how you dress it's your the persona your you know your or whatever you want to call it that is what your brand is but you're so busy trying to be Nike or Coca-Cola. I mean, if Pepsi was Coke, it wouldn't have worked. Mm -hmm. Two different brands completely. You know, Pepsi's the choice of a new generation from, if you think back to the 90s when they did all that kind of stuff and the whole Bob Dole and Britney Spears commercial. Or you have like Coca-Cola, which is polar bears and they want to teach the world to sing. 
very different brands, the very different markets. And we forget we have people who we need to reach and we need different communication styles and different ways to reach the people. How would you like bring out that person? I mean, how to find out about them and and really get into their, the soul of who they are so that you can help market them. Without them even knowing it. Good. That's, that's always great. (laughs) Without them even knowing it. I have found when people feel the pressure it's like, oh, the pressure, the pressure, their brain's about to sink in or explode. They become overwhelmed. So I ask them three simple questions. And honestly, through those three simple questions, they give me nine words. And what we find is those words, those words are words they would use on a normal basis. Okay. So we're using the words that they would use. Working with a woman who did, she made soy candles. And I said something about, oh, we know like they smell delicious. And she's like, mm, delicious is not my word. I'm like, how about yummy? She's like, yes, yummy is my word. Like they smell so good. You, they're yummy. You would okay. want to eat them. Like, so see, by putting delicious in there, that's not who you are. But putting the word yummy in there, that's when it becomes authentic to who you are. So we're looking at these nine words. And a lot of times you see like an overlap of what these words mean. And then you say, okay, so from these words, what does this word mean to you? What does this word mean to you? Now, when we have a meaning, what picture does that represent? And all of a sudden they start to see something and a a logo is created and a persona really comes out and they're like, I can use those words. I got it. I can be that person. I'm like, because you are that person. Isn't well, that feels, amazing? Yeah, then it's it's them. So I, that's, it is them. That's great. It but is then, them. But then you're just you're you're trying to find out you know how this brand is going to mm-hmm. be them and how it's going to be successful. So that involves a lot of different properties when when it comes to branding. What what's your steps yeah. there? Well, from there, it is a matter of what you're going to say when you're networking with people and really honing in on who your target audience is. I have met so many people who have said, oh, no, everybody is my audience. And I'm like, "Mm, let's bring it down. Makeup makeup people say anybody with a face. Yes, but it's really not anybody with a face. Because there are people who are like all natural, you know, like you want to go after the people who need your product, who want your product. Sometimes they need it, but they don't want it. And sometimes they want it and they don't need it. So it's finding out who the wants are and who the needs are. And you're looking at those people and you're really honing in on who your target audience is. And that allows us to say, okay, what problems do they have? And what solution do you provide to them? We're a very solution-based industry, but we're also, our culture is very want-based industry. Did you really need that new phone or did you want that new phone? Mm -hmm. So you find that into that want and you connect it to their need and you put that in on your social media post. You put it in whether you're writing or you're doing videos um, for social media, you put it on your blog, you put it on your vlog, whatever your podcast, whatever you're using, those natural words that you're saying um, develop into more and more and more and more and more. And I hate to say website content, but that's still a thing every once mm-hmm. in a while. You know, we, we still tend to Google people before we meet them or we put them on, you know, put them, you know, the name on Facebook and like, OK, which one is that? Well, see, a lot of people realize that employers do that as well Mm -hmm. so if your social media or website is is not up to date or accurate they're going to know that that's true so it's making sure it's consistent across the board that your facebook meal matches your twitter which matches your linkedin which matches your parlor which matches your you know was it me we whatever is out there nowadays that it kind of all matches together and it represents who you are and taking off the stuff that that's not congruent with who you say you are Uh, 
have three younger brothers. They're 10, 12, and 14 years younger than I am. And the one who's 10 years younger than I am was getting ready to apply for medical school years ago. And I was like, dude, you need to clean up some of those pictures. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to be looking, you know, they're going to be looking. (laughs) Try to tell the teenagers now that are posting all these TikToks and Instagram stuff. I said, this is good. This could be there forever. It's forever. And it'll come back on you. So you got to watch. Yes. So mm-hmm. I think he started to get it mm-hmm. at a certain point. You know, it's just college kids doing college kids things. And we all do that, but just don't put it on camera. You know, that's the big thing. You know, we were lucky when we were younger. It wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. People weren't videotaping every little bit of your everything. life. <laughs> everything. That's crazy. You can't do anything. You got, you got to watch wherever you go. So, And they come in handy sometimes, too. Yes. So. <laughs> yes. So you work with the, with individuals as well as companies, nonprofits, mm-hmm. for-profits, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. I love working with entrepreneurs and small business owners. Big corporations a lot of times feel like they already have it all together and they're working with the big advertising person. And that's cool. That's what works for them. I want to work with people who want to work with me. Uh, You know, it just works better that way when you're in alignment together. So when I work with, and yeah, I love working with the everyday person who may be getting involved with network marketing and they really want to grow that for their life. That's how they're going to take care of their families, especially women. I find that women are looking to find a way to provide for their family, especially like single moms and they're, or they're looking to get out of a bad situation and they really need that confidence to go into somebody or to go into a group or to be able to post on social media and say, Hey, this is what I'm doing now. Please support me. And this, you know, instead of supporting, you know, Walmart cosmetics store, you know, hey, mm-hmm. think about the local person who that's how they're taking care of their family. And I love working with nonprofits. I do have very much have a heart for nonprofits. That's a need for sure, because mm-hmm. they, you know, they don't have the, the, the budget to go out and have all this, create this big marketing campaign no. in, in most cases. And I think it's it's a great help that you're doing. But listen, we're going to take a break, our first break right here. But we have a lot more to cover, and I got some good questions for you. Okay. All right, that'll be coming up right here in Sumner County Spotlight. We're talking with Aaron Forte Froling, the Wonder Woman of Marketing. We'll be right back. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. And we're back with Summer County Spotlight uh, this Sunday morning, right here by Jeff Shannon. We're talking with Erin Forte Froling. She's a brand creator and the Wonder Woman of marketing. Erin, while you were the last segment we were talking, I, I got to thinking, have you run into somebody that you're trying to help, but there's just no connection? I mean, it's just not going to happen and you just have to walk away. Yes, there's been several of those instances. And really walking away is a matter of, hey, it's not worth my time and it's not worth yours. And I'm being authentic to myself. I want to work with people who want to work with me. And that should be the same way around. We really are a sum total of those people who we have in our lives. So there have been people who they are so hard-headed or they think they're already doing it right. Or everything you say to them is, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. But I'm looking at what they're doing and I'm like, but you're not doing it. So this is going to be a boxing match the entire time. This is when you can't get a free jump shot or you can't make a layup to save your life or you miss the extra point in football. There's just those moments. And you have to be like, okay, I appreciate you. I appreciate what you want to do with your life or what you want to do with your business. I don't think I'm the person to help you in making that happen. Dealing with people. We deal with people all the time. So it really is learning to say, okay, I'm good. You're good. Let's just 
agree mm-hmm. to be friends. It's okay. We're not going to be in business together and just walk away. It really is what I found is people feel like they're already doing everything and they're not willing to say, maybe I was doing it, but I wasn't doing it the right way, or I wasn't doing it this way, or there's a better way to do something or the best way for them. They feel like, oh, well, if I'm already going to networking events, I already have a website, I already have a Facebook page, but they're not looking at the content of what they're putting on there. They're only looking at, they checked off a box. Mm-hmm. That's when we started to have problems when they're not willing to look deeper into something. And then there's been people who there just seems to be a communication issue with, I, you know, like send something over. And I'm like, okay, I just want you to look at just the content of this. I don't want you to look at like the layout of anything. I just want you to look at the content of it. Ignore the grammatical errors. You know, we're just looking at pure content and I get something back that's like, oh, I really hate that picture. And I'm like, that was the picture you had on your page to begin with. We're looking at content, right? You know, and you realize, okay, this was a learning experience and maybe I need to be better before communicating things before we move on to that business relationship. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, you know, I think a lot of people in, uh, when it comes to marketing in general, most people have no idea, you know, what that is. Mm-hmm. And you have to realize what your strengths are. And I'm like with Kathleen, I'm, I'm good on the creative side. She's better on the business and marketing side. That needs to balance mm-hmm. out because you're, why do something you're not good at is just going to be horrendous. And especially in marketing, because it's all about image. It's branding. It is. And you've, you've seen some pretty horrendous things that, that people try to create or, or, or try to, you know, skirt around doing mm-hmm. it the correct way. You know. Yeah, they're trying to save a buck, mm-hmm. and I appreciate that. But we also live in a college community. So what I say, suggest, especially to nonprofits, is if you're looking for a cheaper way or less expensive way <laughs> to get something done, go to a go to Vol State, go to Vanderbilt, go to Belmont, go to Lipscomb, go to Tennessee Tech. I mean, Tennessee State. How many more in this Cumberland? And look for students, art students and business students who would love to have an internship. Will love to have that experience or hey if they're part of the tennessee promise who need those community hours to maintain their scholarship their Mm -hmm. financial aid look for those students and say okay hey this is a logo i have right now what can you do to make it better my daughter's a beautiful artist you know it's one of those things if i am looking at something and she'll be like the lines are really off you know it's not quite you know it shouldn't really be asymmetrical like she gives a creative or artistic spin and she's learned from professors here locally or you look for the business student hey do you know how to write a press release those things still kind of exist Mm -hmm. or you look for a student who is in computer science and looking to create apps maybe you need an app for your business so there's ways around it to make it more effective and less expensive for your business if you don't have the big bucks especially when you go to start out look for those students and then it brings about the younger audience too Mm -hmm. it brings in that new generation well, I think that's a great tip because a lot of people probably haven't thought of that. Why not use the, those students that are just, I mean, they're pouring out with creativity. They mm-hmm. just, they want to use their, their craft and what they're good at that could possibly help you. I remember years ago uh, when I had my photography business and this was in the infancy, I had um, a client that I just photographed and she did that. And she created a, a logo for me that I used, I bet you, for 20, 30, mm-hmm. 35 years that I had that. But that was my my thing that I just, I, I kept. Had I not said something like that, 
would never found it. And I couldn't create a logo. I got to take <laughs> photography, but I, you know, when it comes to creating that kind of thing, mm-hmm. uh, I'm just out. So put it in the hands of those who are better at what you do. You find people who might want to like barter trade with you, you yeah. know, being a photographer, if a sure. photographer needs something and you can provide it for them, you know, maybe it's, I, there is no shame in barter training. I had my <laughs> hair done f- for free, well, not technically, but for free and i put that in quotes for almost a year because i was writing for a local hairstylist who owns her own salon and she was part of a local magazine and so she was promoting her business and so i would write her monthly piece it was a spread you know and pictures and all that kind of stuff i would interview whatever she was doing and she was doing a great service because like for october she would bring in a woman who had survived breast cancer and she did a complete makeover Mm. you know hair one of her girls would do the makeup pictures article so it was benefiting more than just the two of us it was Mm -hmm. benefiting people in the community she had one like for 9 11 she did a tribute to firefighters so they did like a firefighter picked a firefighter did a makeover so it was fun Mm. things like that but i got my hair done yeah, it was absolutely. one of those things we were giving equal amount of time and it works out very, very well. And you think about those situations. So you bring in a kid to do your logo and you say you're a financial planner and the kid goes home. It's like, hey, mom and dad, guess what? I'm getting to do this logo. Isn't that amazing? Good experience. Something to put in my portfolio. And mom and dad are like, oh, well, who's this person? And he says, oh, hey, it's X, Y and Z company. And they're like, oh, I might need to look into that. So you just had free advertising right there to mom and dad who might have the potential into how many more moms and dads who need a financial planner. It's so important, though, that a lot of people don't realize when they go into business that, you know, this you got to start off from ground up, you know, creating the, the, the brand, your color scheme, your your tagline. All mm-hmm. of these things are so important. And I guess that's why you have to find out what their why is. Mm-hmm. And you should be good at that, being the Wonder Woman. Um, so, so now, are you helping them? You know, like I, you said the elevator speech earlier. Mm-hmm. We, we talked about that. And I think networking is is so vitally important. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just have to do it. You know, with the, the chambers, uh, the Hendersonville has an awesome chamber. Gallatin has a great chamber. And there's just tons of opportunities in this area to network. But you you got to do it right. It's not about the business card psychos, you know, the oh, ones that yeah. walk around just passing out business cards all over. You know where that's going when they get home? In the, in the trash. It, and it's it's so ineffective. How would you help somebody do their 60-second? It's so much more effective to talk to three people, good quality conversations, versus giving 30 people your business card. Yeah because they're just going to throw it away. You're so right. They're just It's going to go in the garbage, probably even before they get home. You know, it's going to be left on the table. But when you talk to three quality people, so you have to know your why. I, I like to play on financial planners just because I work with a lot of them. It's, it's a hard industry to understand because mm-hmm. you have to understand compliance. Mm-hmm. And I understand compliance. I understand what I'm allowed to say, what's pushing the gray area, and then what they're going to be like, nope delete that yep. whole sentence. Sure. So in understanding that, I do work with a lot of financial planners. Uh, one of the first ones who I worked with, he was out in Arizona and he was going through a rebranding phase. And I said, why do you do what you do? He goes, honestly, nobody's ever asked me that question. <laughs> really? <laughs> That's insane. Nobody had wow. ever asked him that question. Wow. I said, what about your clients? He's like, well, it's really, it was in such a place of the economy that he never really had to advertise or market. Mm-hmm. It was just constant word of mouth turned you know here here's a person referral here's a person referral but then the economy went yeah 
and there were no more referrals coming in. Mm -hmm. So that's why he's like, oh, I have to do something. I have to work at this just right. a little bit. Well, I think people really, they, 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 there's this mindset that, oh, I'm, I got so much business, I don't know what to do with. So I don't need to, to market or advertise mm -hmm. or network. Well, what you just said, happens and then mm -hmm. drops and now where'd that person just disappear because there's no branding there's no name recognition okay. there's no repetitive and that's why uh, folks radio plug if if you need to advertise you need to advertise constantly because mm -hmm. you want your name out there and you can name several people you know right now big time advertisers on radio television and, and such and a lot of attorneys that you know they're spending millions and millions of dollars on on these spots and you can't tell me they're I don't need any more clients. Yes, they do, because that's it, you're just going to come to that lull point where you're mm -hmm. going to need that. And having that name recognition is so important. So how do you, how do you teach somebody that? Well, and I kind of learned the statement from my husband, but he said, you know, in a hard time, the first two things companies tend to get rid of are their marketing budget and their training budget, which are, should be in any hard time, should be what you're actually pouring your money into. Absolutely. And I completely agree with that mm -hmm. because the people who are your training, that are their faces of your company and who wants to go to some store where they're being treated poorly or their customer service is horrid, or they're not getting things right. And then you need that opportunity to say, hey, this is what we do, this is what we do, this is what we do. And even in hard times, we need to be putting out there because if your competitor is not putting their name out there and you are, then who are they gonna remember? And sure. there's so many ways to do that. I mean, sending cards to people. I remember being little, being like, oh my goodness, I got something in the mail. I feel like we're back to that place. Yeah. Because we don't get things in the mail. <laughs> no, so how cool is that to send your customers a, a real card? Yeah. Not something that looks like spam, you know, mailbox sure. spam. Uh, but as a real card, a real thank you, a genuine note, a genuine birthday card. And when you start with little things like that, it becomes much easier to do the bigger things. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty inexpensive to send sure. somebody, you know, a card. There's companies you can get involved with that do that. And it's pennies on the dollar compared to other things. But those are personal connections that you sure. can do well, let me, just right away. I know we got a little off track here, but on the 60-second uh, oh. infomercial, <laughs> a lot of people, you know, tend to, to do it wrong. And let, let's get back to that real because I know I've done it myself. I've done it wrong. I mean, I've should know how to do it. I've done it a zillion times, but how, how would, what would be the formula for that? The formula for that. I think the formula is different for everybody. Mm -hmm. We're all this chemistry mixtures being ready to explode in some way. You know, if you remember chemistry class and if the blue and the red, you could not combine, but the white and the blue, you could, I don't know. Don't really remember a lot about chemistry right now, <laughs> but we are just different mixtures. But the big things, that we do need to remember when we introduce ourselves, introducing our name. How many yes. people forget to tell them their name? <laughs> and not so much about the company that you work for, but what you represent, the problem that you're solving instead of being like, hi, my name is Aaron with XYZ Company. It's like, hey, you know, my name is Aaron, and this is how I help people. Right, the help. This is how I assist mm -hmm. you. This is how I guide you. And maybe help is not the right word. I mean, I like the word assist because you're coming alongside. This is how I partner with people sure. because we all want partners. This is how I circle with people. And then you share the solution that you provide. Again, we're so into, we have a title. Hey, I'm a sales associate with XYZ Planning. And what does that mean to people? So when we give our name, always remember to give your name. If you're getting up in front of a group, it's not a one-on-one, -on -one, you don't have to give your name first you could be like because i don't i'm like hey i'm your storyteller <laughs> 
they go, what? And, like, and then I can, and then I'm like, yes, with only three questions and nine words, I can create the story for your business. Yes, my name is Erin Forte Froling. I'm with Power of Heels, and I'm going to help you create the perfect elevator speech for you. I do that mm-hmm. through a variety of ways, but really it's about bringing out the authentic person of who you are well, and I think sharing that with you know, the world. And that really is. And I'd like to touch more on that when we come back. We're going to go into our next break right now. But to, I think a lot of folks need that assistance because I see it all the time. So so we'll be right back talking with Aaron Forte Froling, our authentic brand creator, right after this. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. And welcome back to Summer County Spotlight. This is Jeff Shannon. We're talking with Aaron Forte Froling, our brand creator, the uh, Wonder Woman of marketing, if you will. And we were talking about our 60-second infomercial. And Aaron, how can, can somebody put out this message and have people actually remember them once they, they leave? One of the great ways to do that is to actually ask somebody for a favor, ask somebody to do something for you. So let's say you're at a a networking event and you're talking to a group of people. It's a standard, you're eating lunch, everyone's having their 60 second time to stand up, which is very common around here. And in that time you've passed out your card and you say, you know, hey, can you do me a really big favor? Can you write on my card the one thing you would wanna meet me for? Or you mark on that card what a great day or a great time would be for us to set up a meeting. One thing I shared with you, one thing that stood out, or maybe I'm not for you, that's okay. Who do you know? What one person do you know who could benefit from what I have to offer? So now they start thinking about something and their brain's kind of hooked on that for the rest of the day. They're like, oh yeah, coffee might be nice with that person. Nice, you know? yeah. Or, hey, you know, maybe I'm good right now, but I really know, you know, Susie next door who just started her own or just got involved in this network marketing company, they might be, yeah, I think I should introduce the two of them. Yeah. And you've now made an impact in their brain and on their heart. You know, everything is really about relationships, mm-hmm. right? You, you, got oh, to, yeah. you can't just meet somebody for the first time and start your sales pitch. Not here in Nashville, maybe uh, in New York City, no. but not here in Nashville. I hate that. And, <laughs> and it's like, you know, I was, I've always been one of these, these guys that when you start talking insurance, I shut down. You say the word insurance, I'm like, I'm closed for business here. And if, if you meet a lot of the insurance guys that are out there and, and the ladies, and, and the minute they start analyzing your insurance needs and things like that off the back, you just shut down. It's like, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm closed. Me too. So I, I think it's, it's not so much about doing the sales pitch. It's about establishing that relationship, mm-hmm. first of all, because they're not going to do business with you if they don't like you. Mm-hmm. They have to like you, and that's the only way it's going to work. So I think coming off friendly and, 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 and how you can help them do what they need to do. And you, you hear the thing, I'll think, well, here's my ask, you know, when they're doing oh, this. Yeah, I don't What's say my that. ask? You know, it's like, okay, well, uh, this I, w- I would like to find, you know, doctors that specialize in this, that, or the other. But, you know, how, how would you overcome that? How do I overcome that? The people who feel like they need to say, like, yes. this is my ass? Yes. You don't have to say it like that. You simply say, I would love an opportunity to share with somebody. Sounds better. It yeah. does sound better. Or it's not even more so about ask. My ask is usually, how can I help you be connected to the person you need to be connected with? Mm-hmm. Because then it's not about me, it's about them. And who do people love to talk about the most? It's usually themselves. Exactly. So now I've put it back on their court. And that is not about me, it's about them. 
let's sit down. Let's get together. Let's continue this relationship so I can find out how I can help you be connected to the person who can help you the most. Get to know more about their needs. Don't sell somebody. Oh, I don't sell. Sell is, uh, and it's hard to be in business and hate sales. Mm-hmm. I know we are all in sales. I know you could talk to my husband. And when he asked the question in front of a group of people, he's like, how many of you are in sales? Raise your hand. And I refuse to raise my hand. I don't feel like I'm in sales. Mm. I feel I'm in relationship building. I feel Absolutely. I'm in the process of connecting the dots to people. I don't like sales. I don't like asking people for money. And I feel like that is perfectly fine because it's not who I am. If I try to come across, hey, this is who I am. This is what I'm selling. They're going to see it's not authentic and I'm not being congruent to who I am. So it really is when you are in a relationship with somebody, you find a way to connect the dots. They It, it happens authentically. It happens sure. automatically. Mm-hmm. We don't have to push it down the throats. The insurance things uh there was one gentleman at a networking event and he like oozed that greasy salesman mentality (laughs) and he said something to my husband he's like does your wife have a problem and he didn't understand i just didn't want to be around him and i found every bit of my being to be away from that person i'm like i don't care how much money he offers for me to work with him it's not gonna happen (laughs) i just i couldn't do it because he came across this well i'm i'm an insurance person and this is what i can give to you right now like and i'm like and the price is right and i'm like no Behind door number three. Yes. Let's make a deal. Yeah. Do you want to spin the wheel for a better price? And I'm like, I'm going to spin the wheel for a better insurance person. Um, all in my head. I don't say those things out loud. Yes. But we have those moments where yeah. we think things in our head. Well, I mean, I'm sure you have stories of uh, uh, folks that you've run into when you've been out. And, and then you run into the hard-headed people that just won't listen. So how do you overcome you know, some of those uh, factors to really get people to put their confidence in what you do and how you can help them. I say, give me 30 days. Mm, nice. okay. You know, give me 30 days. Let me show you what a difference this can make. Let me show you what it looks like on paper. Let me show you what a new logo might look for you. Let mm-hmm. me show you how making all your branding consistent across the board would look for you and you can still target different audiences that way you know if you know instagram is a little bit more of the younger viewer not quite super teenager anymore but like the 20s you know facebook everyone calls it the grandma like and grandpa the grandparent social media these Mm. days you know ways to do tiktoks or you know more conservative ways or parlor or mewe you know like you have different ways and what's the new one clubhouse are you part of club i haven't heard that Clubhouse is, um, you would love it. It's like people get on and they talk about stuff. Like you enter a room, I'll have to invite you. Someone just invited me. Um, (laughs) So learning all about Clubhouse now, but that's very oriented toward the people that are topics you're interested in so you could be like a radio person you know talk radio stuff that would be amazing yes to see things we learn every day that's right um but just make sure the message is consistent but you can target different people with that so when you're uh, setting somebody up for social media do you see a difference and what obstacles would you run across setting up social media because there's so many platforms and it's it's i'm I'm telling you to Mm -hmm. maintain it it's like a full-time gig it is no question it is 
to have somebody in their life who is willing to help them with that. Mm -hmm. That's where the college student could come, you know, involved in doing internships and somebody who can do that. Or then using the platforms that you can connect automatically. You know, if you post on Instagram, it's automatically going to connect, um, post on Facebook, which then it'll automatically post on Twitter. There was one called TweetDeck at one time yes. that did a lot of that. I don't it, know what happened to it. I haven't seen that one, like... But there's also, there's some other ones. Yeah. So look into those that can manage some of that for you. Or just say, hey, I'm going to set my timer for 20 minutes. And this is what I'm going to post on each one. And you have it set ahead. Facebook is great about scheduling posts. So in one day, you can pick a Sunday. And you can have your post. You know, you want your post to come out your picture, your quote, or whatever you're sharing, your sale, whatever you want to share, and you know it's going to come out every Tuesday at 9 o'clock. You can do it for the next two months, and then you don't even have to think about it. Mm-hmm. You just put a little thing on our calendar on your phone, sets an alarm, hey, it's time to do eight more. And so scheduling on Facebook is a great way to get around that kind of stuff. Now what about you have a group, and then you have a page. Yes. That, it, that gets so confusing. It's confusing and then for you have people. to do the same thing on both. And then remember, yes, well, I got to go yes. remember to post over there. It's like, oh. Well, the page really is more your being your business page. That is the representation. If someone were to Google you, that's going to pop up. A group is more personal. I feel like that can be very different. Um, working with a woman, and she does a lot with health and beauty. So she has a social media page, like her pages, her professional pages. But then she has a group where she works with clients and potential clients, where she shares other tips and tricks uh, of makeup or sink mm-hmm. skincare or, hey, here's a really cool recipe. And then you can pick and choose from that what you want to put on your other page. So it's not so overwhelming mm-hmm. when you're on your news feed and you're like, oh, my goodness, that person just posted 20 times <laughs> on their yeah, page. Yeah. So the groups allow you to be more interactive with your closed audience, your people who are already hooked and part of your group or part of your customers, and then the people who they invite because they know their friends can benefit from what you're offering. Sure. Well, and I, I know, and you're going to see this, and feel free to critique and give me advice, <laughs> but this show will be publicized, and I, I'm, I'm a member at all of these different groups, mm-hmm. you know, that we post, Hip Hendersonville, and it goes on and on and on, uh, you know, just posting this. And, of course, when you go on your timeline, it's like, I have 20 of the same posts show up on my thing. And I hope it's not showing up like, like that to everybody else. But I mean, if I guess if they're members of the same group. If they're but, members of all the same things yeah, you are. I, I don't know. It's like, you know, okay, but I got to get, you know, get the word out because mm-hmm. you're famous. We got to let everybody know you're, well, you're, you're going to be too, on a so show. Well, you're famous too, so it's pretty easy. Well, I try, especially if I hold my hand to my ear like this. Uh, uh, yeah, Keith told me that uh, he taught me that. Uh. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> and those of you who don't know, Keith Froling was uh, on the show uh, a few weeks ago, I think, mm-hmm. and uh, just a valuable source uh, of information. Mm-hmm. And I just cannot imagine conversations you two must have. Oh, our first one was quite interesting. I don't oh. know if you shared that one with you. Refresh my memory. Okay. So like <laughs> I said, I'm um, San Diego when we got the, the group of people together, um, all of our co-authors, and we were in San Diego um, at not quite on the beach, more of in the Bay Area. And he was one of the speakers. And the woman who was the event coordinator for the uh, event, her name was Peggy. I know everyone needs to know that. But just in case she <laughs> happens to have moved you know, to Nashville from, right. yeah, from right. San Diego. And she's like, I really want you to meet this guy. And I'm like, no, I really don't want to meet anybody right now. I'm here to do a job and go back home and be about my life and all that kind of good stuff. And she's like, 
No, I really want you to, to, and no, no, no. Well, she worked it that she was not at the meet and greet table when he showed up. Mm -hmm. I don't know how she did that. She was magic, I guess. And I had to show him to where his table was to set up his things. Mm, And that's the plan. I don't know. I think it might have (laughs) been. And at the time, he had just left Tony Robbins. So he was really in that process of starting his business. Mm-hmm. You know, he had his customer, he had his clients, he had the companies, you know, he had already established these relationships with, but he was looking for new people and new coaching clients. And I look at his CDs and I was like, um, I'm sure the content is really great, but the marketing sucks on it. <laughs> and he asked me out for a date. So I guess it worked out okay. Oh, that's, <laughs> see, you just, you just never know when it's right. It's right. You know, it just and then those, happens. you know, those three questions that I talked about earlier, I actually asked him before we even got out of the car. I'm like, okay, let no. me know more about your, uh, you know, your, your psychological uh, ideas and thoughts before we even head out yeah, to I'm, go eat whatever. Yeah, and he's going. Hmm, I, I got this. I know what she's doing. I know she, I'm going to analyze this thing. I just see both of you analyzing this, everything you're saying. I'm Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. But sometimes our ideas, it's like our brains don't shut off at yeah, times. Yeah, we're in places yeah. and we're like, oh, oh yeah. they could do this and I they could imagine. do that. And we're like, oh, if only someone was recording us right now. And we just send a little blast out to the company. Mm-hmm. Free advice here. <laughs> well, listen, you can actually, yeah, are you still doing the ghostwriting? Uh, I am. So now, could you write articles for folks if they wanted mm-hmm. to I write, have you do it? I write articles for actual physical magazines because okay. that exists. Yeah, um, I do a lot of blog writing for people, oh. a lot of newsletters because that's still a thing. Got, yeah. Sometimes we forget that things are still going out there because of social media. I do a lot of social media posts for people, and then I also ghostwrite books. Mm-hmm. That's a little more hefty of a process. Sure. Oh, absolutely, it is. And so, if somebody wanted to find out more about you, what would be the best way for him to find you oh an email emails okay. are great i love emails i do okay um, so that's just aaron at power of heels.com power of heels h-e-a-l-s.com okay. power but, of heels.com yes because uh, even i love shoes mm-hmm. i believe that there's healing in the power of marketing so hence that and i'm a wonder woman fan been through and through i you know felt like that had to be part of it somewhere there's power when we come together they, well, there's definitely power in marketing, that's for sure, folks. And uh, Aaron can can definitely help you out with this. And we're going to take a break here in just a minute. And when we come back, we're gonna we're gonna jump into something I think you really want to know. And there will be some of you folks that are homeschooling and that you want to find out about. Well, Aaron's going to be able to to fill you in on that. And we'll do that when we come back right after these words. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. Okay, we're glad you found us here on this Sunday morning at Sumner County Spotlight. This is Jeff Shannon. We've been talking with Erin Forte-Froling, and you know, she uh, has always had a love for writing, and I, I guess maybe that kind of led you into being becoming a tutor? Is that right? Yes, it did. Understanding that kids needed to learn how to write properly. Absolutely. <laughs> that is a big you thing. You be able to write. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. It's like, who writes anymore? Everything's typed out. I mean, I, I, my handwriting is atrocious. So yes. I try to write as little as I can, by the way. We're also in a texting age. So people abbreviate everything. That is not acceptable for college admission essays. Mm, yeah, they want yeah. it a true essay format. And a lot of parents struggled with that. I am a homeschool mom, have been for, gosh, 14 years. 
I think, 15 maybe now. I know my oldest, she went to kindergarten in public school. And then after that, we homeschooled and she's 21 now. So that's a long time. (laughs) And through that, we got involved with co-ops and tutorials. If you're a homeschool family, you would understand what that means. Mm -hmm. If not, that's really a place that we go once a week that allows like the socialization, the enrichment classes, or in the tutorial part of, hey, I really don't want to do dissection in my kitchen, or I'm really not good in math. So you send them once a week to a school or a building where there's teachers, there's tutors, and the tutor is proficient in that. We have many where we homeschool, where we go for our tutorial, that all of the teachers have a degree in whatever they're teaching. So right now we have like a biology teacher and she actually has a biology degree and she's retiring and the person they're replacing is a woman who is a has a bachelor's of science of nursing. So we're bringing in people who actually have degrees in that. My degree being in advertising and in English. So I go in and I help people teach. I'm also, uh, it's called IAW. It's the Institute of Excellence in Writing. I am a certified and registered teacher or instructor, Mm -hmm. whatever word, like float your boat there (laughs) um, with that. So I teach, I just, I love teaching. I love bringing out in students this idea of like, oh my gosh, I can actually write. There's a lot of students who are so creative, they don't know how to bring it all in. And then you have those who write five sentences and they're like, okay, I'm done. So it's helping them ask questions. Like, what are you writing about? What do you know about that? What do you want to know about that? And then getting to expand on that. And then of course, grammar, you know, vocabulary has to come in along the way, Mm -hmm. but we make it fun. I mean, my class have been known to conga line down the hallway or, you know, they hop to indent, you know, knowing that we hop to, we indent paragraphs and things like that. It's when you make learning fun, they don't even know they're learning, but I'll see students from years ago and they're like, we hop to indent or even having to sub for a geometry class and they're talking about triangles and I'm like how many degrees are in a triangle and they're like oh, I don't know I'm like how many degrees are in a straight line and they're like 180 I'm like okay put your arms out like a straight line and now bring them together like over your head like a triangle see we just sucked up that straight line into a triangle they're like oh so I'm like bam and they're like yes 180 <laughs> degrees in a triangle it's all you know in it a, really a, a teaching making it fun for them well, good. I'm sending my son Brandon over. Uh, <laughs> math is not his favorite. Well, as long uh, as he's willing to conga line. <laughs> well, you know, he, I mean, you know him. He's he's not shy whatsoever. Not at <laughs> all. <laughs> and I guess you would take on how many kids would you have at any given time? If we're in a tutorial, my classes are up to 15 students per kid. Mm-hmm. That's just the average number. And honestly, I don't need more than that from far as grading papers because we are considered the tutor the parent is still the the teacher in essence the parent will give the final grade i give a grade recommendation at the end of a year i know pass fail or you know do you need the abcd type thing Uh, yeah so students can join the tutorials but i also work with students one-on-one especially now zoom is such a popular way have parents who have contacted me from like georgia and they're like oh hey i saw you're on the iw website so, you know, I have two kids. What would that look like? We want to do Zoom. And you're like, okay. So it's like, you know, let's do it. You know, we set up an hour. You set up your schedule, your time and yeah, yeah. make it work. Um, while you were talking, it something popped in my head. And it's like, what would be the the steps of registering for something? Like, did you have to go through the, the school system? Or is it just something that a parent would say, eh, you know, I'm not sending them back to school. 
COVID or, or not, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I just, I want to, I want them to be homeschooled. Is there certain steps they have yes. to? Yes. The yeah. first steps would be is you have to withdraw from the public or whatever school system you're part of, whether that's a private school or a public school. And then you find what we call an umbrella school. And the umbrella school we're part of is called Heritage Christian Academy. We have students from, uh, we meet in Hermitage. Um, that we are, their technical address is Mount Juliet because that's where the mm-hmm. the person lives who started it. But it's been in existence for 22 years now. She started the woman who started it was pro- wanted a place where her daughters could go and actually be part of like a school. She wanted to continue homeschooling. She was an educator in the public school system, but just saw a need for something else for mm-hmm. her kids. And so it's an umbrella school. So you register with that, which makes you what we call legal in the state of Tennessee. It's actually a school. It has a number. When your kid goes to take the ACT, okay. they give you the code. Right. We actually have a graduation. Tennessee acknowledges umbrella schools as satellite schools. Okay. We have a building where we meet. Um, I know there's an umbrella school here in Hendersonville, Aaron Academy. Um, we just go to HJ because of the tutorial and the co-op classes that mm-hmm. they offer. And it was an opportunity for me to teach and just be in the classroom and doing what I love to do, but in a different way. Now, do uh, can teachers that say, if they're working in the school system, can they also do this? Or is it something they do this full time as a, as a, a homeschool tutor? Homeschool tutors are not necessarily full time. Okay. It depends on if you, there's so many tutorials out there. And I know there's some that are actually starting up here in Hendersonville, I've heard through the grapevine. And so if you're homeschool, like be on the lookout for those types of things. It can be done full time if you were doing a different tutorial each day okay. and how many classes you want. A lot of moms do it to pay for their kid to be homeschooled. It's not cheap. Yeah. You buy your own curriculum, you yeah. pay for the classes, <laughs> you have to buy your own fetal pig and sheep eyeball, you know, like whatever you're doing, you are paying for it. It's coming all out of your pocket. There are no tax deductions for it. So a lot of moms do it from that standpoint, or they just want something to do while their kid is in class, or it's just a way for them to feel like they're doing something else. It's kind of like the outside of the home. I need time away from my own kid. I know that's so bad to say, but we all have those moments. I'm just doing something for us and all the moms and dads who teach, they love it. You know, my 12 year old is gonna be taking a computer coding class next year. I'm so, he loves that kind of stuff. So I get to pour in him in the way that Miss Wood poured in me at that age. Yeah. Now do the teachers, if let's say if they wanted to to sign up, there are certain requirements that they would have to to follow. Well where we credentials they would have to have. Yes, well they a bachelor's Mm-hmm. You know, uh, in, in the area that you would be teaching. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Uh, obviously. <laughs> um, I don't think you want me going in and teaching chemistry. Now, I was told I could teach anything just because I love teaching, but... There's parts of chemistry I just don't remember. So we're going to like stay away from chemistry. You know, English, yeah. some math, history. Yeah. I am all good with that kind of stuff. Yeah. But science is not one of those things that you want me for. So if they wanted to, uh, again, reach you to learn more about homeschooling. I, the I'm all about email. I mean, I am on... All the social media yeah, is just, just type you know, in uh, Aaron so, Forte Froling. I so don't think there's too many of us out no, there. And, and it popped right up. So <laughs> it's uh, so it's Aaron E R I N F O R T E hyphen F R O E H L I N G. So just write that down, and you'll see it in the uh, post when you look at this on the, uh, the podcast page here at whinradio.com. That's uh, going to drop on Monday morning. So the morning, uh, you know, about uh, eight o'clock or so, it, it should be up there. And we appreciate uh, you giving us all this information. There's just tons more that that you can give us here. But and when when Keith was in, we 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 talked about this uh, briefly, and he he 
felt possibly that you would do better at it. <laughs> and I know he's listening. So you started Patrick's Everyday Warriors. Yes. Okay. Let's let's see if we can make it through this. We can. We can. <laughs> I have faith. Um, Patrick's Everyday Warriors is a nonprofit. It's the official 501c3. We focus on shining a light on siblings of pediatric cancer because the siblings go through it. The entire family goes through pediatric cancer. It's not just a child who was diagnosed. And when you think about the number of families that affects, there's 46 families every day who are diagnosed with pediatric cancer. That's a lot. And seven families every day have to deal with the death of a child from pediatric cancer. And we know this all too well. In 2012, our son Patrick was diagnosed with medulloblastoma. It's a aggressive brain cancer. And by the time we caught it, it had already crossed the brain stem spinal barrier. So it had already went down his spine. And we saw the effects of our other three children, what they were going through because Patrick's journey was so intense and being in the hospital for 115 days, where was one brief moment we thought we were going to get to come home and we had to go right back. Mm -hmm. And so not being there. And at the time, the oncology floor, the pediatric oncology floor only allowed two people in the room at a time. And so we, it was a lot of trading out. It was our children couldn't be there to, to spend the night. Who's going to go home when Patrick was in such a place of he needed somebody there for care 24-7? As great as the nurses and doctors are at Vanderbilt, they have other patients. And so it really became a toll on the entire family. And we realized that. And we realized that it's the everyday person who can do the everyday thing to make an everyday and even bigger change, a change that's going to snowball into a massive change in somebody's life. Seeing that there was no research, no data on what the siblings were going throughout this time. It was, here's a coloring book. And my, you know, 10-year-old son is like, what do I need that for? You know, nobody was getting to know them. Mm -hmm. And I was, how cool would it be if we could shine a light on these children who are called shadow survivors? Because they feel like they live in the shadows. So I started asking families. We were involved with the Children's Miracle Network for a short time in Vanderbilt Dance Marathon, which then through networking, we met a gentleman who started one at Riley's Children's Hospital. And so we started to meet these people who were doing, uh, working with the dance marathon companies. And, and then the families we met through MTSU and, and that, and Austin P and this area, and then even farther, like Seattle and our nurses who we had had gone beyond what we had known here. And so we started asking families. And they're like, you know what? You know, our our siblings, our other kids have really gone through stuff. So what we found is 87% of all siblings have dealt with some type of post-traumatic stress disorder. So PTSD, or they have felt that they needed to be sick or get hurt in order to be important. So they were hurting themselves. We found that there was drug abuse, um, that there were other addictions that they were facing. They were failing in school, all because they felt like they weren't being loved. And I'm like, we can do that. Yeah. Let's do that. (laughs) Like, well, you know, we can do that. And what I thought was going to be a local thing, like, oh, hey, we'll take kids to Preds games or the Titans game or the Country Music Hall of Fame or the Ryman or whatever they want to do. We'll go love on them. Like we uh, sent years ago, we sent a kid to see Justin. No, was it Justin Timberlake when he was here? Mm -hmm. And then a Justin Bieber concert and things. There's so much happening in Nashville, right? We can do that. And then also we're getting messages from around the United States. Can you send, do something for this? Can you do something for my kid here? Or I know this family here. Can you do something for them? I'm like, okay, 
how do I have connections <laughs> with all of these places? I'm like, it's something just as simple as cards. It's as simple as what we call warrior chest. We get to know what their interests are and we send them like sending something to two brothers in Oklahoma City. They love the thunder. So we sent them jerseys and socks and basketballs and and other things. And then individually, like things that they like. There was one family who we worked with up in Western Kentucky from my hometown. They had six siblings and it was Christmas time and their oldest who had been diagnosed, they knew that it was going to be his last Christmas. And to be able to provide Christmas for that family and go above and beyond because you saw in these eyes, the hurt and the pain, they're getting ready to lose their brother. They don't know when mom or dad are going to come home. They don't think they're going to be able to have Christmas because they're too busy saving for a funeral. No parents should have to choose. And those types of things. Well, it's so nice you're doing this because I think the the survivors are, are really needing the help at this mm-hmm. point. I mean, there's, you know, it's sad that child had to go through that, but now now it, it's the, the survivors are really mm-hmm. you know, mentally. I mean, it's got to be really tough on them. And so, if somebody, I, I, I assume you would get donations from folks, yes. and you'd be able mm-hmm. to provide these these things for the folks. How how would they donate? patrickseverydaywarriors.org. Okay, well, that's that's pretty easy. <laughs> it's pretty easy. <laughs> I apologize. I'm in the process of redoing some of the website pages. Yeah, yeah. So, but there are pictures there. There is some information. But in the next week, it'll be finished. Yeah. So I'm so, excited about that. patrickseverydaywarriors.org. And you, you got to go check this out, folks. I'm telling you, it's a, what a great cause. And I think it's so important uh, for these these survivors of, uh, you know, losing a sibling uh, it's got to be really hard. So, um, Aaron, listen, thank you so much. We've got so much information uh, out here and that you're involved in all of these things. I don't know how you find time to, to do anything. Just being productive. <laughs> that's really, Just being productive. Be. A great support system at home. <laughs> well, and, you know, keeping Keith in line, that's... That's, that's, that's a, a full-time job. Yeah, it <laughs> totally is. So, uh, listen, so that's going to wrap it up for Sumner County Spotlight. Uh, this is Jeff Shannon, and we appreciate you joining us here for, for the Spotlight of this Sunday morning. And, of course, heard each and every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. at WHIN. And then we'll have the podcast on whinradio.com starting on Mondays. usually drop about 8 o'clock, so we hope you'll check that out as well. And, as always, we appreciate our friends over at FNM Bank for their their sponsorship and making this uh, program possible. So that's FNM Bank and myfmbank.com. They are located right here in Hendersonville at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard right here in Hendersonville. That's going to wrap it up. I'm Jeff Shannon. We'll see you next time. So long. Sumner County Spotlight on 100.7 WHIN 1010 AM has been brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. Whether you need personal banking, banking for your business, a home mortgage, or considering refinancing your home, FNM Bank will provide you with excellent service right here in Sumner County. Visit them today at myfmbank.com. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Thanks for listening.